Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Handsome is a self-described tomboy pop artist whose music celebrates the power of expression, creativity and fluidity and creates a space for anyone who longs to feel free. She performed this story at Riverside Theatres for Sydney World Pride. I hope to remember paradise. Hi, I'm Handsome, creator and purveyor of fine beats. I make music, I make movies, and I deeply love being queer. Happy World Pride, everybody. I was a loud kid, not obnoxious, but loud. I used to tell people I couldn't help it, I was born that way. I was confident, but little did people know I was confident in a performative way. And like many of us, there were layers of insecurities beneath this that ran deep. I remember when I was seven years old and a friend of mine showed me a trick. When you have an eyelash that falls out, you hold it on your index finger, you close your eyes and you make a wish. Remember never to say the wish out loud, April said sternly as she explained all the intricate details. A couple of years later, when I turned 10, I started my first serious relationship. I was obsessed. His name was Clancy, a skater boy with big teeth and a thousand freckles. He was an incredible drawer. I would watch the way he would shade yellow into orange, into pink, into red, and found a way of making the world look like paradise. And I would think, wow, how have I come to be with this incredible man by my side? Keep in mind, I was 10. But when I wish on an eyelash, scrunching my face up super tight, closing my eyes, I wish I was a boy, so I could fall in love with Matilda Brown and she would love me back. Not surprisingly, this coincided with my discovery of masturbation. Hmm. In high school, my school diaries were covered in photos of Angelina Jolie and Drew Barrymore because they were so beautiful and I just want to be like them, Mum. My performative confidence made me the class clown, interrupting all the clever answers and being sent out of class so many times I would anticipate it, stepping out the door even before the teacher could say anything. There was even a group of girls in my year that formed a strong bond in year 11 around their shared hatred for me and my big mouth. They would scowl at me as I walked by them. Honestly, I thought it was hilarious, or I pretended I did. I heard a story about a family friend in my teens, a closeted man to his friends and family, but we always knew. He contracted HIV during the epidemic and watched so many of his friends fade away. Terrified and desperate, he heard news of a new drug being concocted and tested in the States and without hesitation jumped on a plane. I remember just like a wild adventure story, I was told he bought so many vials of this medicine as he could carry and strapped them to his body with tape. 
Over and over again, he wrapped this tape like a python skin. In an attempt to hide the one thing that may save his life, he headed to the airport and held his breath tightly as he walked through security. It was the 80s, Caitlin, I was told. Of course he got through. He survived. He survived on the remaining vials for years until there were medications introduced here. What a hero, I remember thinking. We would throw parties at my friend Lauren's house every weekend, late nights shotting bourbon from bottle caps, often with a one-way trip to the toilet bowl. We would all smoke cigarettes until our mouths were ashy. I remember the taste of Lauren's mouth was never bad. Come to think of it, neither was Jessie's, or Lara's, or Ruby's, or Emily's, or Amelia's. See, on the weekend, the clown became the drunk Casanova. I was always happy to oblige the boy's request to make out with one of the girls because I was a good friend. <laughs> I remember walking into Heapscape for the very first time in 2015, and I knew that I'd found something special. The Gladstone Hotel smelt like stale beer, latex, and hormones. I don't remember meeting Heapscape producer Kat Dopper for the first time, but I do remember her smile, and I was smiling back. My satin was not only returning, you see, but also heading off into a new world of MDMA. I think a lot of people have experienced that delicious satin return gurn. We were sardines in that little sweat box, and everyone called each other babe, and smoked in the alleyway. I worked in a bar at the time, so I always arrived very late. I was very sad to miss such a large part of the night, but there was something extra special about arriving so late. The whole building was heaving, my glasses fogged from the sweat in the air. I would politely push through the crowd towards the DJ booth where I knew my friends would be gathered. It was DJ Sveta and Jackie Cunningham who always knew the right buttons to push. Sure, it was a mixture of missing me and MDMA, but the look on all their faces when I arrived, smiles, shock, wonder, or so much love in one look. I learned to dance at Heaps Gay, and that place changed my perception of the world entirely. Dancing taught me how to be handsome, the artist. And I remember seeing the look of chemical high transferred to my audience's faces when I started performing. Singing and looking straight into people's eyes, I could see there was a mixture of elation and longing as they glistened. I felt my performative confidence start to melt away, and what was left felt more genuine than ever. I remember the first time someone told me that my song Save Some Love saved their life. I remember the last time someone told me that too. I remember walking in the World Pride March in New York City in 2019, just before COVID hit, and catching the eye of a woman almost frantic for our attention. She was yelling and smiling, full of joy, but there was still tears in her eyes. My gaze drifted to the sign she was shaking desperately. It read, get your mum hug here if they've disappeared. When I hugged her, her body shook, and I could tell she needed it more than me. I remember cooking family dinner for my chosen family on a Sunday and the warmth in the room. My friend Brooklyn sent me a text afterwards that said, thank you so much for including me. I've decided to be a regular. Signing off with three gold heart emojis, I knew I'd done something to make someone feel like they belonged. I remember getting my first hug from Johnny Seymour at Queerbohood at the Bearded Tit in Redfern. His embrace was tight and warm and long, and he said, welcome. That night, I watched Nicola do a drag performance of Robin's Missing You and feeling like I finally understood drag for the very first time. 
tears streaming down my face, I actually felt like I couldn't breathe. I remember when one of my girlfriends told me she loved me and I wasn't allowed to say it back. I remember trying to explain to my mum why queer people were often naked. Why do they have to be nude? <laughs> She'd say, with exposure exhaustion. <laughs> if you lock someone in a box for too long, mum, and you tell them who they should be and you don't let them be themselves, where are you gonna suffer the fucking consequences? <laughs> it's about self-expression, mum, you see. It's about freedom. Later that day, I remember trying out poses in the mirror, nude and free, insecurities hanging only by a thread. It was the first time I felt powerful enough to call my friend Kim Lutweiler and tell her I was ready to be painted by her. I will never forget the moment that I realized I wanted to be called handsome and not beautiful. And my understanding of the world and who I am shifted forever. I'm getting married this year, by the way. I started my relationship with my fiance, Jess, with many healthy boundaries. The importance of solo time, open communication, and no farting in front of each other. It's disrespectful, I would say. It's just really not okay. I remember breaking that rule recently in the most monumental way. It was a tough choice, an experience wanting the greatest orgasms of my life or watching it fall into the darkness. Do you get a glimpse of paradise? Or do you watch it slip away? All the while to walk straight to the bathroom and release the same amount of air in private anyway. All in all, I was happy with my choice. I think in one way or another, these smidgens of time, these little mind explosions of memories are not unique. They are not extraordinary, but they do feel significant. All of them have one thing in common, and that is they changed me. They even taught me to not compromise on who I am or what I want. Do I stand in front of you insecurity-free? No, sir. But I am standing in front of you airing out stories that are crass, upsetting, belittling, and downright awkward. Yeah, babe, I am. The insecurities suffered another blow tonight, and thank you very much for coming along for the ride. It's never too late to be reminded that you don't need to be a boy to be in love with a girl. Just love her and she might love you back. Smile at someone if you like them. It'll warm your heart. Cook for your family if you can. Hug someone who opens their arms to you. Let them in. Get naked. Love your body. Test a chemical high. Dance until you're exhausted. Kiss your friends. Call your ex-boyfriend and tell him, I'm gay, babe, I'm sorry. <laughs> Survive, because you are needed and you are wanted. And last but not least, come as loud and as hard as you want to, always, even if you need to fart, <laughs> because everybody deserves to see paradise. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out Queer Stories on Patreon, where you can support the project for as little as $1 per month. Follow Queer Stories on Facebook for news and event updates. And follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram.